0: Welcome to the Practical Shaman podcast. I am your host, Renee Baraba, the best-selling Nautilus Gold award-winning Hay House author of Winds of Spirit, Ancient Wisdom Tools for Navigating Relationships, Health, and the Divine. All of our program is designed for the winds of spirit to dance through your life, to awaken you to the gifts of
1: nature. This is the 32nd annual CCSAD hosted by C4 events. This is where I get my hands on the experts and the professionals in the field of addiction and mental health disorders. So you can have more help, more support, more connection to the information that is going to bring your family back from the brink of destruction, from these destructive habits, these destructive patterns. I'm Aaron Huey. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. That beautiful wind that you're hearing in the background was actually uh, being purposefully created by Renee Barabeau. Um, Renee is what we call a wind whistler. A lot of my listeners, you guys all know, I'm way, way into the woo-woo. I way into the new age. I'm. I love the the mix between this modern ideas the modern technology the modern understanding of how the brain works and finding a way to maintain ceremony and sacred drama and ritual uh, like we do at our treatment center like I do in my personal life you if you've seen my lectures on the archetypes and and talking about the the warriors and the wizards and the jesters and the bards and archetypal psychology and most importantly the dragon you understand that I have a deep connection to the past, to the antiquity, the things we've always known. Well, my guest Renee is one of those things. Renee is, she is one of those people who understands the wisdom of the past. And that's what we're going to be talking about is how can we blend the past and this modern understanding, medications, everything. She's the author of Winds of Spirit. As I said, my guest is Renee Barabo, Renee, thank you for being here so much.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Not, we're such kindred spirits. Already, oh God, I can tell. Like, oh, I'm so excited.
1: Now, you said you have a podcast as well, so I please do. talk about that for a second.
0: So, uh, the Shamans Cave, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I get together with one of the world's most famous shamans, Sandra Engerman, who is also a therapist in the day. We come together and talk about world issues and and from a perspective of we're not the victim here, but we're creating and we have the possibility to create you know, a different world for all of you and all of your children and their children and their ch- your grandchildren's grandchildren. <laughs>
1: I think one of the things that when people hear, you know, people like me, people like you talk about the wisdom of the past and the wisdom of our ancestors and natural medicine, stuff like that, the fear is that we have to trade one for the other. And the truth is that's what we've already done. Mm -hmm. Like, and you've been talking about that off air is that we've walked away from the things we've always known to be true and are embracing this new technology when truly both is, is, is wisdom.
0: Absolutely. Back about ten thousand years ago, and let me go back there when when Christianity and some of the other primary religions spread throughout the pagan countryside, which you're so familiar with. And paganism means those people who live in the country of the country, but. Everybody lived in the country.
1: So for <laughs> unless years, you were in Londinium, unless you were in Rome, you were a Pagani. Right.
0: And yeah. so so we so first of all that, that whole idea. And then as as religions came in, and there's nothing wrong with religion. I love religion. You know, I go to Catholic churches and I go to synagogues. I go wherever I in fact, I'm going to see the passion play next year. I'm oh, very wonderful, excited wonderful. about that in Germany. And what happened was the indigenous people embraced the religion they thought oh yeah more god you know so in in, even in the catholic churches in peru you see the old shamans bringing in their mesas their rock collections into they sit in the back row with both but what happened was back then they didn't know that there was room for all of us and so right now we really need to become complementary and find that room for all of us and truthfully, my my journey as a shaman started in a psychiatric mental institution when I was 30, when the doctor explained to me how the brain worked. And it was from that understanding of the brain, I'm there like, wow, I could create more neural pathways through this brain. And I said about, I took the antidepressants for six months until the... Ayurvedic medicine and the other things kicked in and then I I moved forward from there on a spiritual path for the last 30 some years. So
1: here we are at CCSAD. These these conferences are cutting edge information technology. Uh, Already on the first day here, I've met some incredible people who have some really groundbreaking, not just theories, but apps, medications, you know, things like this. So tell me why you're here. Tell me why they got you up on the stage to talk. How are, how are, how are you integrating currently in this modern day with mental health and addiction?
0: Well, first of all, let me just say it took me three years to get on this stage. (laughs) (laughs) I spoke spoke at another, it's, it's coming. I had to find, you know, one of our researchers at Foundations Recovery Network said, well, we don't have the research. I said, well, get it, you know, let's get the research. And so if we don't have the research you know, we're lost because then we're just lopsided again and we're one-sided. Right, right, right. And it sounds like you're getting the research.
1: So the thing is, is that being in Colorado, being around these conferences as long as I have, I know, I I know facilities in Colorado that are Native American centric and use andepi and sweat and 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 uh, you know sun dancing and their religion and their faith brought forward into this modern treatment where they're still taking seroquel. Now you said something very very important about your uh, the medication that you took. Did you say antidepressant? What did you say?
0: Well, when I was when I was um, thirty and then I went, they didn't have dual diagnosis treatment center. Yeah, right? Then. It's still, it it's still like a struggle. You went to a mental institution or you went to a recovery uh, right, center. Right, right, That was, you know, a social model recovery. And I chose, I, this is my brain. I wanted to meet the psychiatrist. I wanted to understand why I was so depressed, why I couldn't get out of my own way. And so, you know, he put me on lithium and I owned a restaurant at the time I was a chef and I thought, wow, if this is what normal people feel like, I don't want to feel this way.
1: You, know, you said something when you were originally talking about this that that I really want to point out because it is a piece at, at our facility, Fire Mountain, we do the exact same thing. Like I, we, have, we have a psychiatrist. We see kids who are on uh, intense medication, intense Western medication, but we immediately start to put them on supplements and vitamins and uh, feed them a holistic a diet, up the exercise, get them outside, get them working with wolves, and our And you said something. You said, I took the medication for six months until the Ayurvedic medication kicked in. That's something that people don't understand. They say, well, I took vitamins. It didn't work. Right. It's like, that means you took vitamins for a few weeks and forgot half the nights. Right. Like, <laughs>
0: well, and and that's, the, that's the thing. is It's like, you know, I've had to really struggle with this medically-assisted assi- treatment idea as a concept because it wasn't the way I went. But then when I see so many children dying, so many people... I'm thinking like, well, if we can keep them alive another year or two till they get it, that they find something to a straw to grab onto, a rope, a tree, whatever it is, then then who am I to decide that those things are, are working or not working? And you know, I happen to find the wind. And when I found the wind, I'd been searching and searching for over probably my whole life. I I found something that holds me. And it was only then when I found that, that I did the research and saw that, wow, Holy Spirit's a wind, Ruach is a wind, Nirvana is a no wind, that they're wind. And and so it came like, well, why not the wind? If we've lost our way through the churches and we have a generation that's lost, why not the wind? All
1: right. I want to get to the wind piece in a minute because, okay. I, and because I want to go back to the question of, you know, why are you here at this big high end western medicine, you know, people are going to be talking about medication assisted therapies with suboxone and and you know all, all everything including cannabis. Like everybody wants to bring forth the new technology and you're bringing something that existed before humans did. Right. And so why are they having you here? What are you talking about when you're here?
0: So, I'm talking about one recovery many pass. And nice. very few people like the aa model works for some people and i and and trust me when i first got sober and i was uh, 30, 30 years old going to those 630 meetings got my butt out of bed yeah taught me how to make my bed how to pick up the phone how to structure my life if we don't that goes back to our rituals we were right, talking about right. before right it beca- it becomes it the be- first
1: ritual that that doesn't include getting high, getting drunk.
0: Right. And then, you know, then we go back to my cycle theory.
1: So right. So
0: after a year of going to meetings, not drinking, you know, then the cocaine dropped and then the pot dropped, all of those things fell away with the Ayurvedic medicine. and But I had some better things in place to replace them with because when you don't have things in place, and that's what in the kitchen we call it mise en place, things in place, to, it's easy to fall back onto the old habits.
1: Do, do you feel like people truly understand how addictive the ritual is? When, I, when, I, when it was finally time for me to quit smoking cigarettes, being off and on for God knows how many years since high school, that, that uh, I, was, I was using a vape and I was, I was dialing down the nicotine over and over and over until it was without vaping nicotine and I didn't miss the nicotine. But when I put down that contraption, I started jonesing because my ritual was over. Getting sitting down, packing a bowl, smoking it, watch the smoke, blowing the smoke out, man, there's a whole conversation about the smoke that's coming out and that connection to divinity. Right. But the ritual of getting high, the ritual of getting drunk. You're saying replace the ritual.
0: Right. We need rituals. We've lost our rituals.
1: And and so often AA and NA is the first ritual we get back to.
0: Right. And 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 you know and bill never bill was a salesman he just happened to fall into this just the way i fell into the wind or the way you fell into whatever but the the whole thing was was that it was a system of getting sober and then helping somebody else right and that's the essential piece of aa that i took with me you know get sober clean house make amends And do something for somebody else every single day. Yeah. And we've gotten moved away from that. That Again, that's the ritual. Those 12 steps are a a cyclical ritual. And
1: the ceremony of how you open the room, what you do next, what gets read next. That's the, the consistent ceremony that the brain, because the brain loves patterns.
0: And ceremony. Right. And trying to understand this human experience. We've been trying to understand the human experience since we were humans.
1: All right, Renee, Madam Woo Woo here. <laughs> Talk about being a wind whistler. Because first of all, when I said, okay, do that wind thing into the mic, I was like, oh, that sounds like wind. Right. Like, like that. just first and foremost, it sounds like wind. So what is it about the wind? Why are you attached to it? What is wind whistling? Why the wind?
0: You're going to laugh. So That's okay. I wrote a book called The Shaman Chef, How Cooking Saved My Life. And it did save my life because I had to show up every day, chop vegetables, do all that. And I became present enough, the ritual of becoming present. Sure. So when my mother read my book, she was there like, you're putting the family's laundry out for the world to see. And she didn't talk to me for the first time ever. She didn't talk no. to me. It was okay. I said, all right, well, I, I, I'm going to write a book that you'd read. And so I thought I was writing a coaching book for my coaching clients who happen to be very successful business people. And I all of a sudden... I got the compass, and they're like, "Well, I better find out what a compass is," <laughs> which led me back to thirty fifty BC. The next thing you know, the winds were 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 speaking, and and what do I mean by that is I started traveling through the fairy tales, the mythology, and then all of a sudden, one of my clients said, "Well, why don't you blow that wind whistle for me?" And we started to understand the energetics of the wind, and then when I started doing a few simple practices, all of a sudden. I was present in my life. I wasn't searching anymore. I knew the wind had my back, and I lived ninety five percent of my time in the present moment.
1: People love the rain. i'm I'm one of the people where rain is always a signifier in my life. My daughter's middle name is rain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because the day she was born, we didn't have a middle name. The day she was born, downpour. The day my first wife and I got divorced, downpour. The day my first wife and I got married, downpour. Second wife, the day I proposed, downpour. The day we got married, downpour. So the rain's a signifier for me. Um, it symbolizes wa- the washing away of the old. Uh, it signifies the uh, ability for life to renew. It signifies a fertilization. It signifies a nurturance. It signifies... You know, I could go on forever. What does the wind mean to you?
0: Well, the wind was here at the beginning. And my suspect is that all of the information this planet ever needed was on the wind. And it wasn't until people were in various parts of the world that they needed that information and they started to hear it in the wind. So if you watch an animal like a reindeer, the reindeer, when the wind is coming, will change direction. So hunters have to change directions if they're, they're hunting tracking. And so when we moved from outside to the inside, what we did was we put doors and windows because at some level we, we thought we are now more powerful than nature. So we went inside. What happened was we lost our direct experience of spirit. And all of a sudden, we needed intermediaries to tell us, this is what God's saying. This is what we're hearing. And so when you go back to things like the rain or the wind, you get the you get direct revelation. And since we don't have our churches to hold us up as much anymore, families have lost their way with that, you need a way that you can have a direct revelation of something that you can do as a family that you could start to like, even notice the wind together and, and notice, wow, what were, you know, what was blowing in your life today? And, and, and when you start to bring in these elementals, then your life starts to change.
1: In a, in a recovery setting, whether it's dual diagnosis or mental health specific or addiction specific, um, how do you work with a client and do you work with clients? Do you, do you have your own client base?
0: Well, what happened was I worked for a a man who said, I you know do outreach and events, which I said I was a chef, and he said, well he loved my book. In fact, my two bosses at the time made it possible for me to write the book, and he said, but it's not evidence based. So he don't leave your wind work out. He said that up until the time when an employee died one weekend, and. I walked onto the property and being energy sensitive, I could feel the gap. This woman was well loved, probably one of the most well loved employees that ever came through. And she died one weekend. And there was, so I said, Well, let's have, let me blow the wind whistle. Well, what he didn't know was everyone came from all four of our properties across the <laughs> city. And all of a sudden I look up and there he is. And here I am with my wind whistle after <laughs> I was told not to bring <laughs> the wind to, to work. And so, what happened was the patients were getting it. The patients felt it. they all came up to me afterwards and said, thank you. They could feel the energy. It, it, it just brought everybody together, did a proper
1: send-off. That's, that's the piece that, that I just so want parents to hear is this concept of what brings us together. Mm-hmm. All right. You can see the name of my, my program, Fire Mountain. This is an elemental based system, right. the, the fire and, and on the video on our website, when you watch the video, you see me storytelling to kids around a fire every single time the, the kids will hear the staff say, Hey, come on outside, We're going to have a fire. They love it. Then they hear Aaron's going to tell some stories. What? Oh, this is stupid. I don't. Okay. Whatever. And the kids sit down and I say, do you know why we're the bear tribe? Let me tell you a story. My grandfather told me and suddenly dead silent half hour later, I'm still telling Native American stories about the bear or old Nordic stories about the bear circus, the bear shirts. And and they are not a sound, not a peep. They're staring into the flames. Their feet are on the ground. The elder is talking and we're together. Right. You know, and this is if I had a second facility, I would name it Windy Waters because, uh, uh, you know, that would that would to be the, work with you. Well, actually, I found out that wind and water is Feng shui.
0: Yes, Feng shui. Right. Yeah, wind water.
1: So <laughs> wind water. Wind water. So so the whole the whole purpose of this is that we're not talking about people got to ditch this new concept and go back to the old. We got to remember how the old got us here and keep that piece going.
0: Absolutely, and you know we're at a time that the you know the Hopi's the they uh, they call it a turning over the the world, and that's. Don't get scared by that. People are right. running around in fear. You know, the world turned over ten thousand years ago. This this has been ten thousand years in the making, fourteen thousand right. years ago. And so, we're at a we're at a place. We're at an end of a cycle, and at the end of a cycle, which was when you know the Hopi prophecies, all those a couple of years the ago. The Rainbow 2000, Warrior 2000, prophecy, right. sure. They sure. were just all a couple of years ago. Well, in a daily cycle, one time I was doing a sweat a uh, uh, vision quest. What I noticed, and I might have been without my food and water for those several days, but I noticed that at the end of the day, there was a gap where the next day reset itself, like that there was a space. So we're in that space. And so you've got everyone vying for your attention, parents, everyone vying for your kids' attentions in this gap. So we get to choose what do we want to put our attention towards. Uh, we did a show last week about the fires and everyone wants to, you know, pray rain and get involved with nature. Well, nature's going to take care of itself. Trust me. She doesn't need us on this planet. But are you putting your attention towards how do I connect with other people? How do I heal myself today? How do we move together? You know, this whole thing about pulling us together. You know what? I don't care who, what my neighbors are into. But if I had an emergency, you know, I want to be able to, you know, store my car in one of their garages. I live in the hot desert, you know, or something. Right. But we, we're, we're at a place where we're looking to be different instead of looking to find out what we have in common. Right. And it's the common, the sitting around the fire, learning about the bear tribe that Aaron's talking about that is going to save our asses.
1: Yeah, well, you know, one of the oldest thing is separation causes pain like 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 conflict is okay you and i could disagree about stuff politics guns what what causes mass shootings whatever but but there's a difference between our conflict, which is still an aspect of connection and communication and how we navigate that conflict versus violence, where when, when violence happens, there's a separation of humanity and everything, Facebook, how people are handling politics. I'm not gonna say how politicians are handling us because it's a choice now. People are handling politics poorly. Right. We used to be able to disagree and debate about politics and still have a barbecue together. Now we can't even spend five minutes on Facebook with a stranger before we're livid and take it out on the kids later on. So it's this separation that causes pain.
0: Well, the separation in my world and in my winds of spirit world is that we are suffering. And this is what my talk tomorrow is about is we're suffering from mass disassociation from nature. Right. And as I said, it's been happening for over 10,000 years, but in the last 50 years, it's sped up you know we don't go to the we don't take our we not not spending we're spending less than five minutes a day in nature when if I think if you just doubled that five minutes to ten minutes you'd start to heal I'm not saying you have to go out go sit on a vision quest on the mountain like I did for three days and three nights without food and water just take a 20 minute walk a wind walk I call them you take a wind walk in nature and all of a sudden your your attitude changes you get questions answered you get those direct revelations that I'm talking about that then you can begin with good you know counsel like to be able to de- decipher is this a message that's helpful or a message that's hurting but if it's about making you more distant making you more separate making you in opposition to your neighbor then You might need to clean up that message channel.
1: Do you remember, it was very popular for a little while, and for a minute, everybody talked about it, but then I guess it wasn't fun to talk about. But here in the early 2000s, nature deficiency disorder. Well, Mm -hmm. it's
0: coming back because I've been trying... Because in order for me to get to speak at this conference, I had to start to find... The research, the evidence, the evidence.
1: And it's appearing because off the air, you and I were talking about, you know, Japanese doctors are prescribing the, the, what do they call it? Tree time or time in the woods, or yeah, the, I,
0: I don't, I don't even want to try to say that word, but, but yes. And also Korean over in Korea, they're actually building buildings that are required to have parkscapes within them so that the people have a certain time out in uh, nature whether it's walking to there. And so some of the things that I point out in my workshop tomorrow is it's simple things like moving your desk so you're looking out at the trees because you can have nature experiences at three different levels. They don't all have to be out in the trees, although I do highly recommend that. But, you know, it's looking out the window, it's walking between buildings where there's trees, and then there's actually having an all-in-all-out experience outside
1: so the japanese i looked it up while you were talking uh it it is called uh tree bathing uh forest bathing yeah that's a word. there's a japanese there's a japanese word I I which if i see it i could pronounce it because let's see if it's in this let's article see. now i'm not uh I'll, I'll click on that um so we're ah, there it is uh, sh, uh shinrin yuku right which means taking in the forest atmosphere or forest bathing Yes. Okay, so this and the amount of money I just saw that was put behind this research is astounding. Uh, $4 million and and 48 therapy trials based on the results. That is phenomenal amount of research for something that's free right. to go for a walk. There's not pharmaceuticals involved. There's not. We're talking about going for a walk in nature. So now you started to bring up something that I want to address because I'm going to I have the parent voice in my head. I hear my parents who listen to my show. I hear their voices saying, well, what about, so what about urban environments? What about uh, people who live in the cities and their kids are going through this? Are parks good enough? Are gardens good enough? Are plants in the house good enough? I loved what you said about turning your chair to face out the window, but what if you're only looking at the city? So what are some of the solutions for the excuses that we're going to come up with was I don't have access to nature?
0: Well, we all have, we are nature, so we all have access to nature. So, there again, we go for that separation. There is no separation. We're all, if you go down to it, we're all energy. We're all nature. So, this is not something that you shouldn't have access to, no matter where you are. The wind whistle tool that I blew at the beginning, it's it's a self soothing tool to bring yourself present in yourself by. There's some research being done about the exhale I just heard recently. So through that exhaling, understand that we are all connected through the wind. So the exhale that I just blew out is going to hit all of the Aaron's podcasters. If we open the door, it's going to go out and hit everybody who's at this conference. And so you really can connect to nature, but you have to turn off your iPad. You have to turn off your Facebook. You you know we've become such a uh, we become so addicted to our tools that that we have to really make a conscious effort to go walk out on the grass. And if you live in a city like New York City, New York City has a park New everywhere, York, and it has it has trees on every corner. So what you do is maybe you take your kid outside, teach him how. I was when I was in Colorado, I, I ran a country club there. This this sponsor I had over at AA at the time said, I said, what am I supposed to do? I know I'm supposed to be doing something important. She said, oh, Renee, why don't you just go outside and learn how to be a tree? So I'd go over in Boulder. I'd climb up that mountain and, you know, that little one there. Yeah. And I'd, like, try to hold the trees all the way to try to understand what it meant to be a tree. I mean, everyone's got a tree within, I would say, what, 50 feet of your front door, no matter what city you live in go outside and, and start my podcasting partner. She says, go out and talk to that tree every single day for a year. And you learn a lot. You you certainly, you learn you learn so much when you start to do that.
1: One of my favorite stories that I tell about my work with teens over the years was I had a teen come into me and say, you know, me and a bunch of my friends, we dropped some acid and we laid in this circle around this base of a tree and we stared up through the branches into the sky and we saw the tree grow into heaven and we became the roots of the tree and in that way we were all connected with heaven and each other and the tree itself and I listened to him telling the story and he goes how could that be bad and I said if you can't do that sober it's a problem because that experience being one who uh, still feels a deep calling and a deep connection to the old gods and the old ways, which is very, all of it is very nature-based. I can do that sober that I can, that I taught you say, talking to a t- tree. I know half my guests, especially those of you who live in Boulder uh, are like, Oh yeah, I get that. I need to do that more. Versus some of my guests would be like, what are you kidding? This makes sense to me. But I have done rites of passages for teenagers in the woods with nothing but their cleverness to serve them, and they survive and succeed. I've done I, I've done vision quests. I've done sweat lodges. I've done fire jumps and fire walks. And you know there there is a there is a thing about this nature bit that will stand the test of time will remain true regardless whether the fda approves it and insurance company gets behind it or not and this is something we all know while people may not want to take the time to do this thing every everybody knows this to be true
0: so i had had a, um i had rented a house out here at the cape for a few days with a friend and i don't know we, no matter how healed you are, you're going to get triggered. And I was triggered.
1: <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I posted a picture of a Buddhist monk walking across the street in New York, flipping the bird at someone mm-hmm. on my Facebook page the other day. And I wrote a note with it says, it doesn't matter how enlightened you are. Right. You're going to forget it t- at times.
0: Exactly. And so, but last night after I dropped her at the bus station, I went and I rented a bike and I did the six mile trail out to the, coast guard beach station and when i came back i felt like a new person what was that like a couple of hours out of my you know oh so busy day right and you know and i was stopping one of the things with the wind is you if you once you start to notice the wind your life is going to change once you've heard this talk you're never going to have the same relationship with the wind again because you're gonna say it's that crazy lady, she was talking about the wind, and <laughs> I, I hate the wind. And and okay, it's okay that some of my biggest wind believers now are people who hate the wind, right? Because they understood that one of a girl realized, oh my god, what happened was something happened one day where her first dollar bill she ever earned went flying out the window oh with the gosh. wind, and here she is, she's my assistant now because. <laughs> and another recently, another another person was having um. She was stuck for like 14, 15 years, yeah. and she, I did some coaching with her, and as soon as she started to embrace the wind, I said, now all you need to do is wheel out on your wheelchair, out onto the patio, set up a little altar, which is, you know, some rocks or some sacred things for you, and just listen to the wind. And you wouldn't believe the changes in just a few short months. And trust me, we don't get into these holes in a minute, especially, you know, when you're 18, maybe you got into the hole a little faster. but right but at 18 you can get out of that hole just think if you took you 10 years to make a mess of your life just think in 10 years where you could be and you're still under 30 how cool is that
1: again i just want to use these words again these are things we know to be true you know one of the another example of this is when when we ask kids why do you smoke since you were a little little kid You've had posters on your school walls that tell you it's bad, it's going to kill you, it's going to rot your teeth, turn them yellow, you're going to lose your taste buds, you'll lose your sense of smell, your clothes smell. Why do you start? And every kid in my facility that we've ever interviewed gives the same answer. Well, I get to take a break from my life. I hang out with my friends. I go outside for a minute. And We can add one more as professionals. We can say, you take deep breaths.
0: You take deep breaths and also... In in all fairness, they put addictive stuff into the tobacco so that once you smoke, you have if you have any tendency to be addictive, there you are. you running course. To the races. Of course. But I get and the ritual. For the underlying it, used to be like
1: smoke, roll right. it, it was The underlying piece of that is that if if I was your coach and I said, Oh, I'm so stressed out, my job and stuff like that, you'd probably say something like, Here's what you do. Mm-hmm. Take a break, go outside get some support from some friends and take some deep conscious breaths, which is everything that smoking is and the added bonus of one of the strongest poisons known to mankind as an additive to this process. And so therein lies the one piece that makes that whole thing toxic.
0: You know, you were talking about, so, you know, I've done some plant medicine work over the years and we're, that's all different than the manufactured synthetic LSD. Sure, Sure, sure. And, One of my, 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 my medicine shaman said, so are you still smoking? Because I went back to, it's been something that I picked up again over the years for the ritual, the sit, all the things you just said. And so she said, well, I want you to look at that. And what I saw was the energy of what was smoking through me. And that I put it down. And so there, if you start to understand energy and what you're, what you're energetically as well bringing into your body, it's just a whole other thought form. It's a whole other pattern of behaving that if you don't have the tribe and you don't have the group and you don't have the rituals and the ceremony, it will, you know, it'll consume you.
1: Yeah. All right, Renee, let's talk about how people can get in touch with you. I, this this was amazing. Talk about some I'm contact so information. <laughs>
0: know some of these they look at like i can see the person on the other end like looking at me like oh my god what planet did she drop no. off of but it sounds like we dropped off the same planet so i, I dropping... think so
1: i think so that's a fall but we'd still dropped from there and we're here we are masters of two worlds that's right
0: <laughs> um, you can find me over at the practicalshaman.com and shaman is s-h-a-m-a-n in case you don't know If you want to hear the Shaman's Cape, go to shamansTV.com, and we put a new show on there weekly. But we go from everything from self-esteem to dealing with natural disasters. And then if you're over at the Cape Cod Symposium, I'm over at the Foundation's Recovery Network booth in the back, and I'll be speaking and actually signing books while I'm here.
1: Nice. I have a copy of your book. Thank you very much for that very generous gift. Uh, do you have some Facebook page, places that people from all over can find you?
0: So if the wind is calling you because you heard that wind and all of a sudden the hairs on your arms stood up, you said, I got to have it. There's a wind clan. And there's over 2,000 members in that.
1: Wonderful. And
0: then I have the Practical Shaman Facebook page and Instagram, all the, the usual places. But the, t- you, the big five. The big five. And... You know, I try to keep it professional, so i have that LinkedIn page, too, for you mothers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and a mother heard me speak one time at a conference and said, you need to see my daughter. She was 12, and, and that night I had a dream about learning to fly. And so all of a sudden I told the little girl about my dream about learning to fly and how the winds are teaching me how to fly. And take that metaphorically, take it however you want. And her eyes lit up as big as, and she said, wow, you believe we can fly? I thought I was the only one.
1: Oh, that's And,
0: sweet. you know, so you have to understand these kids who are here coming in for a whole different reason than why we were here and you, they have the wisdom and they haven't forgotten. We just have to help them wake up.
1: Renee Barrabo, thank you so much for being a guest on Beyond Risk and Back. Uh, this has been awesome. These things fuel me. This, this type of conversation speaks to a deep, deep part of me.
0: Thank you so much, Aaron, for having me and for all the listeners at home.
1: It's my pleasure. Thanks so much, parents. This has been another episode of Beyond Risk and Back, coming to you from the 32nd Annual CCSAD. That's the Cape Cod Symposium on Addictive Disorders. Thank you to C4 Events for having me here. I also want to thank Dylan at Deepin Productions. Dylan does my sound engineering. He also does the music for Beyond Risk and Back. So if you need to get in touch with Dylan, go to deepinproductions at gmail.com. That's D-E-E-P-E-N productions at gmail.com. If you've seen anything about Beyond Risk and Back on social media, you can thank Your Cause Consulting. To get in touch with Your Cause Consulting to handle your marketing needs, go to info at yourcauseconsulting.com and send them an email. Thanks so much for listening, parents. Remember, take care of yourself first, your adult relationships second, and your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. This has been Aaron Huey, and I will talk to you soon.